The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Thank you so much. This morning, I want to get straight into the word here uh, this morning. I want to share with you uh, a message that, uh, well, I guess, I don't know if it's even a message. It, this, is, this is actually very different to the way I usually teach. It's just want to share with you what God has been speaking to my heart the last 18 months or so been talking to me, leading me uh, in my personal life, in my own walk with Him. And hopefully this will be an encouragement to you guys um, as we continue in this time of the year, uh, and especially coming now to the end of this year, having this festive season that we're going to be together with family, we're going to be together with friends, we're going to see people maybe that you haven't seen uh, uh, you know, for a long time, or they haven't uh, been in your company. And um, I want to talk to you about the grace of living from the inside out. Living from the inside out as opposed to living from the outside in. You know, when, when, when it comes to living our lives uh, as believers uh, under the new covenant of grace, when we understand the new covenant of grace and the person of grace in Jesus Christ, one of the stumbling blocks that I have noticed that people seem to encounter when they hear, and especially for, I think it's especially for those who have been in church for a period of time or people who've grown up in church, uh, but as human beings, we are all the same. And that is that uh, the stumbling block for a lot of people is that they don't know how to live their lives as believers, as men and women of God, in the freedom of the spirit of life that is in Christ Jesus. Uh, you know, when, when the restraints of legalism, uh, law, uh, performance, religion is removed, most people don't know how to serve God. But most people don't know how to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ when uh, all of a sudden they learn that God is not the one who's got a set of rules for you to follow. And, 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 and that there's a, you know, a set of principles for you to follow. And unless you do that, then people say, well, well how am I going to serve God then? How, how am I going to go about because... As human beings, the, the issue that we all live with is that we, we tend towards what I call tend towards religion. But once religion is stripped off us, then how do I serve God? How do I then live the Christian life? And that's where a lot of people struggle. And they, and they struggle and cannot really follow God without reverting back to another set of rules that they, and it might not be the old set of rules that you grew up with, 
But, you know, you tend to, many people just tend to make up their own rules and their own regulation and their own standards and their own, you know, to be a good Christian, you ought to do, should do, and must do that. And so people struggle with that. Listen to what Jesus said, Matthew 11, verse 28 and 29. This is where Jesus comes. He says, no one knows the Son the way the Father does, and no one knows the Father the way the Son does. I'm just paraphrasing verse 27. Verse 28 says, come to me. Jesus now says, come to me. Everybody say me. He says, come to me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, overburdened, and I will cause you to rest. I will ease and relieve and refresh your souls. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle, meek, humble, lowly in heart, and you will find rest, relief, ease, refreshment, recreation, blessed quiet for your souls. Now I want you to notice a couple of things that Jesus said here. Jesus did not say, this is what Jesus did not say. He didn't say, come to me and I'll show you how you can fulfill your potential. I mean, now, I'm not saying that following the Lord Jesus won't fulfill your potential, but that's not what Jesus said. He didn't say, come to me and I will show you and I'll give you the principles that will help you to fulfill your potential. He didn't say, come to me and I will give you another to-do list. But he said, come to me if you are tired and tired of religious, the religious treadmill. If, you, if you're tired of taking uh, and, and, and trying to make, make it on your own, on your own strength. If you are tired of keeping up the appearances. If you are tired of trying to keep up with the Joneses trying to keep up with the other Christians in, in, in the church that you go to, trying to live up to the standards of what other people have placed upon you. You know, one of the, one of the things that, that I believe it's the, uh, the uh, J.B. Phillips translation said, he said, take the responsibility I give you, Jesus says. Take the responsibility I give you. You know, the Lord spoke to me and He said to me, Arthur, you, you have been trying to live up to the responsibilities that other people have placed on you. The responsibilities that, that the religious system has placed upon you. Or the responsibilities your own guilty conscience places on you sometimes. And Jesus is saying, no, Come to me and take the responsibility I am going to give you. And then he says, and in this, in, in this translation, in the Amplified Classic, he says, he says, my yoke is easy. My yoke is not hard. Amen. So what I want you to see here is that, um, you know, Jesus comes and, he, and he's given us and said to us, yes, when we come to him, now notice, notice the, the, the invitation is not to uh, a set of rules, 
you know, standards, but it's to the person. It's to come to me. Hallelujah. You see, as human beings, we are all created. You and I have been created by God to have and to enjoy life. And to find our identity, our value, our significance for life in God and in God alone. It's not in a principle. It's not being part of a, a group that uh, upholds a certain Christian morality. It is to come to the person. Come to me, he says. Hallelujah. But, you know, since the fall, since Adam and Eve fell in the garden, uh, man's identity, man has been finding or looking for his own identity and worth for his significance within himself based upon the performances of his life, the, the successes of my life, and then on the uh, acceptance of other people, the, 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 what other people say about me. And, and literally that has caused uh, uh, us to get to a place that when we then don't perform up to the standard, when we are not successful in our deeds and our works that we believe we ought to live up to in order to be worthwhile, to be worth something, then what it does for you and I, it leaves us with, I'm, I'm no good. I'm failing. I'm not able to live up to the standard. Therefore, I must be a failure. And, and, and subconsciously, this is not something we do consciously, but sub subconsciously, we project this on God. And we say, if, if I'm not happy with me, and if I'm not successful in my eyes, if I am a failure, then surely God sees me as a failure. And, if, and, and if, if I'm a failure in God's eyes, then I'm not lovable. I'm not acceptable to God. And we project that upon God. Now what this does, and you can see, you will see this in life, in the world that we live in. If you look at people around you, you'll see that this mentality has created in us as human beings a spiritual and an emotional void a hunger let's call it a thirst a thirst for love a thirst for acceptance a, a thirst for significance that i matter that comes from that perceived lack it's just a perceived lack because I'm going to show you in a moment. It's just a, it's a perceived, it's not true. If you're a believer, it is not true about you. Hallelujah. And so, it's, in, in other words, it creates within us an appetite and a hunger and a thirst that we try to satisfy through money, through possessions, through uh, power or fame or, or wealth. We try, to, we, try, we try to satisfy that hunger. You know, it, it, it amazes me how many times I've heard over the years that you look and talk to people who are highly successful, who have all the money and power in the world, and they come, and they come to the place where they, if they're honest, they say, 
it, do, it, it doesn't help. None of that helps. None of that actually makes me feel as if I am worth something. You know, how many of you are familiar with Elvis? You know, the singer, right? I know for some of you, you're so young, you don't know. I mean, the, 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 the Elvis, the king, right? But you know what was one of the things that if you, if you, uh, if you study his life and if you watch like the new movie that they've made about him, in the heights of his success, he felt absolutely a failure. And that was one of the things that really caused the downfall in him. That he always felt like that he was not worth it. That, and, and, and the only place he could find significance is in the worship of other people who worshipped him. I mean, I say worship... But, but the fans, the fans' love for him, was that was the only place he could go. But when they were not there, when he was by himself, he felt absolutely empty. And so that, we see this all the time. You know, there, there was a sign I saw many years ago. And on this sign, uh, it was a, like an a, a, a advertising sign or a, or a placard. And on this placard it said this. It says, I am desperate for love, but I will settle for sex. I am desperate for love, but I will settle for power or money. I am desperate for love, but I will settle for possessions or things. And you know, the thing though is, is that what that describes is where so many people live their lives. They are so desperate for significance, for acceptance. Be, they are so, they, they, they're so thirsty for worth that they will settle for all of these other things that they think they can get their life from. And some of these things will give some kind of satisfaction. But it can never be the answer to the thirst and the hunger that's in people and every one of us like that. And as believers, see the only answer, my brother, sister, the only answer to all of our lusts and our cravings, our hungers and our thirsts for significance, for, for life, can only be found in the unconditional love of God, our Father. That's the only place, that's the only thing, that's the only answer that you and I have is that the unconditional love of God, His acceptance that is revealed in and through the Lord Jesus Christ is the only thing that can answer that. And you know, I know, I know that there are people that might be even online, there might be people right here and saying, Arthur, that, that sounds almost too simple, that, that sounds almost too too super spiritual. But let me tell you something. There's, there's only one place that you can ever answer that thirst in you. How do you, how do you stop being hungry? Think about that for a moment. I mean, if you're hungry, if you're thirsty, you can sit down and say, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to now concentrate and I'm going to will my hunger away. You can't. 
Well, I'm going to pray it away. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray in tongues. How many of you fasted for any period of time? And you realize that even in fasting and prayer, you're not getting rid of that hunger. See, the only thing that will take hunger away or satisfy hunger is to be filled. That's the only thing that's going to take it away. That's the only thing that's going to settle it. That's the only thing that's going to bring it to a place where it's not going to be the driving force of your every thought. Hallelujah. You know, I like, uh, turn with me in your Bibles here, and I want to show you something here that, that uh, Paul said in Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3, uh, and in, uh, if I can get there, I, <coughs> I can... Uh, Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 14. Help me, Jesus. (laughs) Verse 14, he says, Paul says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man. Now notice what Paul is doing here. He's saying, my prayer is that God would strengthen you from the inside out. From the inside out. and Wait, from the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what's the breadth, the length, the depth, the height. And to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now notice this is Paul's prayer to the church in Ephesus, to the believers in Ephesus. And he's saying, my desire is that God would strengthen you, empower you from the inside out, from the inner man, so that, that you, you are aware of the love of God that's in Christ, that you know the, 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 the length, the breadth, the depth, the height of the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, so that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Listen to what it says in the Amplified Classic. He says that you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience. Man, that's powerful. That you may be filled through your being, all your being, Unto the fullness of God may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God Himself. Isn't that amazing? What is He saying? He, as a believer, when you and I come, and, and this is Paul's prayer, that God would strengthen you, empower you. How? By, by receiving Jesus Christ by faith into your heart. There's, there's more to that statement than, than just receiving, but it begins by coming and receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and then receiving everything that He has done for you. And when you establish your belief system... 
Pastor DeFaro was talking here this morning about what I mentioned years ago when I started, when I came and ministered here, that everything you receive from God is going to have to come through your heart, through your belief system. And that's what he's saying here, is that he's saying that, 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 that Christ and everything he has done, the, 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 the crucified Christ and the finished work of the cross may set up camp in your heart that you might know, that you might come to the knowledge of how much you are loved because and only at that moment will you realize you are filled with God himself Amen. oh hallelujah Amen. you are filled you see when you start to realize that you are filled then there is no more thirst and hunger oh hallelujah then you're starting not to look for what can I what, how can I take care of this thirst I'm filled and I'm filled with God Himself. In Colossians chapter 2, if you go there with me also, Colossians chapter 2, verse 8 through to verse 10, also in the Amplified Classic, it says, See to it that no one carries you off as spoil, uh, or makes you yourselves captive by his so-called philosophy and, uh, and intellectualism and vain deceit and idle fancies and plain nonsense. Following human traditions, uh, a, a, a men's idea of the material rather than the spiritual world, just rude notions following the rudimentary and the elementary teachings of the universe and disregarding the teachings. The Amplified says the teachings of Christ, the Messiah. But actually, if you read the original Greek, it's not referring to the teachings. It's referring to the person of Christ. It says you are disregarding the person of Christ. You're disregarding the fact that there is a, there is a person that is, that is the source of your life. Not, not a set of rules, not a, not a set of principles, not, not a, 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 you know, a, a, a moral a code, but it is a person that's in your life. Notice he goes on, he says, For in him the whole fullness of deity, the Godhead, continues to dwell in bodily form, giving complete expression of the divine nature. So what is he saying? He says, in Jesus, in Jesus... When Jesus walked, because I love what it says, in, in, in Him bodily. That means in what bo body? In, in His human body. Jesus is a human being, just like you and I am a human being. And He is a human being right now at the right hand of the Father. He, had, he didn't let go of His human body. Yes, it is an, a glorified body, but it is still the exact same body He was born with in this world. And what does that say? That in him bodily, in him as a human being, God was fully manifest. Man, that's powerful. That means, that means Jesus didn't walk around with a little bit of God. That he, is, he was fully the Godhead, it says. The Godhead continues to dwell bodily. Hallelujah. In Jesus Christ. Now you see, you and I have no problem. Surely, I'm sure, that, I'm sure you don't. Have no problem to believe that God was fully manifest in Jesus. That Jesus is God. Right? 
and that God was fully manifest and the divine, the, the divine uh, 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 personality of God was in Christ, in Jesus, fully. So none of us got that problem. But listen to the next verse. And you are in Him made full. Okay, so now, yeah, well, it, well uh, that was Jesus. No, he says, and you are in him made full. That word made full means to render full, to be complete. And having come to fullness of life in Christ, you too are filled with the Godhead. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and reach full spiritual stature. The problem is, you see, religion has been telling us, now you, you're just a baby, and now you need to grow up. No, he says, when you receive Jesus Christ, you have received the fullness of God. Now, you might, you might need to grow in the knowledge of that. In what does this mean? What does this, what does this mean for my life now? But I want to tell you, you are not empty. You're, you're not lacking anything. In you right now, God is fully manifest. Amen. Hallelujah. Man, I tell you what, if we truly would just believe that. You see, that this is what the Lord has really been speaking to me in the last 18 months. He said, Arthur, do you, are you actually believing what is already true about you? Amen. See, when it comes to believing... Uh, in, in, the, in the Father's love and, and, and we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior, what happens is the truth is your cup runneth over. Amen. Hallelujah. Your life is running over at the moment. Yeah. You know, many years ago, the Lord took me to this passage of Scripture in John, the Gospel of John chapter 4, verses 7 through 14. You can jot that down. I'm not going to read through these verses but what I am going to do is I'm just going to quickly share some of the things. This is a very well-known story. We all know about Jesus who met the woman at the well. And, and, and the Lord really took me to this because, you know, Jesus said this. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. In fact, let me just quickly, let me quickly just go read this to you out of the, the Amplified Classic. See, we've got to understand something. The Lord spoke this to me the other day and said to me, said to me, Christianity is not the, sac the sacrifice we make. Christianity is the sacrifice we, we trust. It's not the sacrifice I make. It's the sacrifice that I'm trusting. Jesus said this, John 6 verse 35. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never thirst. It says, never thirst, never be hungry. He will never be hungry. And he who believes in and cleaves to and trusts in and relies upon me will never thirst, the Amplified says, anymore at any time. Oh, I mean... Okay, I'm going to read that again because some of you... Jesus said, this is Jesus. Jesus said that I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never be hungry. Yes. Everybody say never. 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 Notice he didn't say will be less hungry. 
He says he will never be hungry. And he who believes in and cleaves to and trusts in and relies on me will never thirst anymore at any time. Man, that is, that is so, I don't know if, if it speaks to you like it speaks to me. Because you see, here's the thing, is that uh, uh, in my Christian life, over and over, in, during my Christian life, there was these times where I feel empty. And I feel it's like, oh Lord, I mean, Lord, I need to come to you. I'm so thirsty. I'm so hungry. Lord, and, and boy, doesn't that sound so spiritual? Doesn't it sound like, oh man, this guy, he's really going for the things of God. Hallelujah. Until the Lord really, I tell you, 18 months ago, the Lord, the Lord said to me, He said to me, Arthur, what are you so hungry and thirsty and empty? And I'm, well, I'm in a dry place. I'm in the wilderness. Come on now. I mean, doesn't that preach well? Well, you're going to go through a wilderness time. And you know what, God, you're going to thirst after God. And people will go, yay, yes, that's right. Hallelujah. Because some of us are going through a tough time. Come now. But Jesus said that if you have come to Him, and you've put your trust in Him, He says you'll never be hungry. He says you'll never thirst. So as a believer, if you're hungry and you're thirsty, then have you actually trusted in Him? Now it's quiet. Because that's, that's what the Lord spoke to me. He said to me, have you really been trusting in me? Because you wouldn't be in this condition if you really trusted in me, because I am the bread of life. And the Lord took me there to that passage of Scripture where the woman met Jesus, or Jesus met the woman at the well. And, you know, there's a lot to be said in that, and we don't have time. You know, if I, if I had like five sessions with you, I can go through these things, you know, and, and teach. But uh, Jesus goes out of his way. He's on his way, and, 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 and he's on his way to uh, Galilee, but he goes through Samaria. Where, in, in fact, usually the Jews would bypass. They would actually take the long way around so that they don't have to go through Samaria. Because they hated the Samarians. They, they couldn't take the Samarians. They, they were mortal enemies. They were, they were, they, they were, they were the, 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 the least of the people. They, I mean, they was like, no, you don't want to have anything to do with these people. But Jesus goes through Samaria. He goes through. And he, and, he, and he gets to the place where he's with Samaria, uh, with this woman. This woman comes. She, she's obviously ostracized out of her community because she comes in the middle of the day. She doesn't go in the early morning to go draw water. She goes in the middle of the day when there's no one there. And he has Jesus. Jesus says to her, he says, uh, give me to drink. Give me some, some water to drink. And then she is, is the one that says to him, why are you asking me, a woman, number one, number two, a Samaritan woman, for, to give you anything? He said, she says to him, the Jews have nothing to do with us. And Jesus says to her, listen to what he says. He says, if thou knowest the gift of God, if thou knowest the gift of God, and who it is that saith unto thee, give me to drink, you would have asked of him, and he would have given you living water. Amen. 
Isn't that powerful? Hallelujah. See, I'm sure, the, I'm sure she started looking around because, you know, when she answers him, she says she's looking at the well. She's looking to see if he's got a pail and a, and a rope because she says to, she says to him, where are you going to get this water from? She says, you don't, even, you don't have the tools. You don't have the rope. You don't have the pail. And, and, and this is what she says. She says, this, this well is deep. So you couldn't have climbed down there. So how many, what she's saying is this well is deep. And in order to get water out of this well, it's going to take hard work. She says, where did you get this water from? And then that's when Jesus said to her, Whosoever drinketh of this water will thirst again. And you know, Jesus, uh, he's talking about this well. I mean, it's true. I mean, when you're thirsty and you drink, go to, you go to the well or you go to the, to the faucet, to the tap, you drink, you, it satisfies you, but you're going to get thirsty again. Jesus is saying it. But I believe that Jesus is also saying this. He's saying that there, there are two sources of life. You can drink of the wells of what this world can give you. You can drink of the wells of water that this world can give you. Now, what can that be? I mean, there are two sources. It could be the places that, and the things that lust and perversion and appetites of the flesh has to offer. Yes, that you could drink from that, but you're going to thirst again. Uh, you, you, I believe it can even be the things and the places that knowledge, education, worldly wisdom has to offer. There's a lot of people who drink at the well of worldly wisdom, worldly, worldly education. And, and, and they think that if, if they can just get enough education, education is good, I'm not saying, but he says you, you are still going to thirst. It could be the things, the rewards of what religion can give you. I mean, there's a lot of us as believers that have, and I was one of those people for many years, that, that we run around looking, looking for, you know, at this conference and that conference and this prophet and that prophet and this man of God and that man of God, and I'm going to go there and, and, and there I'm going to find the missing link or the missing key that's going to make my life or make this Christian life work. Now, I know that none of you know anything about that, but <laughs> we run from this place there looking for that missing link, looking for the secret formula, that secret formula. And I can tell you stories about stories. I don't have time to do that today. But people have come to me and then they said, oh, you've got to come to these meetings. You've got to come to, to this particular preacher. Boy, I tell you what, he has, he's got the answers. Until one day when somebody said that to me, I didn't have any desire to go. And I thought, I thought, well, what's wrong with me? What's, what, what, am, I, am, I not, am I not seeking after God? And that's when the Lord said to me one day, He said to me, you've been drinking of the well of water I've given you. He says, that's, that's why you have no need for having to chase this, chase that, chase there, chase there. Come on, think about that. 
See, because the second thing he said this, he says, but whosoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. Amen. Why? What's the reason? Because he goes on and he says this. He says, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up unto everlasting life. Oh, hallelujah. What's he talking about here? And this is what I want to leave you with today. Uh, uh, as we go, we're going to go away. We're going to go be with family. We're going to, this time of the year, this is time of the year is when you see how people are, are thirsty and hungry for success or to mean something or to be, to have significance of life. And they think that if they can just buy a new car or if they can just have new clothes or and, and here's, the, here's the reality. He says, if you will drink. Now, what does he mean by drink? If you will partake, receive. Receive what he has come to give you. When you will accept and start to believe what he has done for you. He says, then in you, in you, not in somebody else, in you will spring up. It says a well then in the English, but it springs up a spring of life. That you won't have to go and get a, ba a bucket and a pail and work hard to get it. It will just spring up unto life. But the, but the, the, the sad reality today is that many of us have been convinced. We have been persuaded either by religion or by your peers, or, or other, other Christians, we've been persuaded to board up our wells. Block it up. Because I'm not, I'm not mature enough. I'm not strong enough. Maybe, maybe, maybe religion has told you, well, you know what? You're not wise enough. And so what religion does, it says, you don't drink from your well. Board up your well and come and drink from my well. Come and drink from my well. I will teach you. I will give you. I, and, and we can do it in such a wonderful religious way that everybody, that's right, I, but I can't do it. I want, to, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. This is what the Lord is encouraging me. Said to me, Arthur, start drinking from the well of life that is in you. Start trusting. Trust, trusting. How? Because this is what, this is what uh, it's like. This is what everybody in the world is looking for. This is what everybody in the world is desiring. This is what it means to have significance of life. Is to be able to come to a place where in you, you are fulfilled because of who lives in me. Oh, hallelujah. The person that's in, trusting in Jesus and His finished work on the cross is where uh, we find that place of rest and where we can get to a place where we will not be hungry and thirsty for anything anymore. Because I'll be fulfilled. I will be no more hungry. Hallelujah. See, living the Christian life is not about some new way or system of performance in religion. It's a whole new life altogether. 
I want you to, it is a whole new life altogether. And you know, the Lord has really been, been, been educating me. And, and, and this is what he said to me. Can I, can I just share this? This is what he said to me, but I'm going to make it as unto us. All right? He said, when you become, this is when he spoke to me, when you become, or when we become believers and we put our trust in Jesus and what he has done and given us. We need to understand, and this is what he said. He said to me, Arthur, you need to understand that this new life is, never, is not ever going to resemble any kind of religious thing you have ever learned. Oh, come on. You see, the problem is, is that we're so used to religious programming, religious ways that we've always done things. And the Lord said to me, if you realize that it's not about living a... Ho because people say, well, God's called you to a holy life. He's called you to a righteous life. He's called you to a holy life. And in order to live a holy life, this, then this, is, this is what it looks like. And, and this is what the Lord said to me. He said, it is not ever going to look like anything you've ever seen. For each and every one of us, it's going to be different. For each and every one of us in different cultures, it's going to be looking different to way, the way they do it in America. The way they, 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 you, they live in America. What, what, what American Christians look at and say, that's, that's real Christianity. When they come to Africa, the way that we... It's not going to look like this. You know why? Because you're not called to a holy life. You are called to a Christ life. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you is the one. He will call to a life of Christ in you. And the Christ in you is the one who's going to lead you. He's the one who's going to show you the way to go. He's going to give you the answers to your problem that is, that is unique to your situation, your culture, the way you live and where you are. And in other cultures, that's going to be looked at and said, oh, they can't be Christian because look at what they, what they do or how they live. It's, it's, not, it's not going to look the same. It will, listen, it will never violate the gospel. Amen. But it's going to be totally different. Come on. It's going to be totally different. Because you know what's going to happen? You and I are going to live from the inside out. It is to live from the heart. To live your life from the heart. Not to live your life from the pages of the Bible, but to live your, your, your life from the heart. Because in your heart is where Christ lives. He is now your life. He is now your life. Hallelujah. So let, let this Christmas time, as we're going to leave and, and we're going to go and we're going to be with family, friends. Let this time be the place where you say, you know what, I'm breaking off the, the blockages that I've put. Uh, the, the wrong believing about why I can't drink from my well. That I can drink from my well and I can hear the Spirit of God give me wisdom, give me Give me understanding. Give me the right answers for the questions of my life. 
for where I am, for my family, for my situation, my finances, my not, not the way that God's done it for that person, the way He's doing it for me. And let Him lead me. Can I encourage you to do that today? Let's all stand together. Let's all stand together. You know, I, I, I heard somebody say this one time, and I, I, I just thought I'll share this with you. Living a life where you are led from the inside out. Well, let me start like this. Living a life where you live it from the outside in is, is, is like uh, knowing that there is a treasure but the only direction you have is to know that the treasure that you're looking for is hidden somewhere in the Pacific Ocean. So you know there's a treasure. And you know that it's been hidden. But it's somewhere in the Pacific Ocean. You know that's a big place. But living your life from the Christ within is like knowing that there's a treasure but having the one who hid the treasure with you. Having all the GPS coordinates for exactly where that treasure is. Living the Christ life, living your life from the inside out, Jesus Show me. Lead me. Guys, I tell you what, this is what spending time with Jesus is all about. It's not, it's not so that you can mark it off and I, I had my quiet time. No. It's to start dipping into the well and start drinking from that well. So Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you today. That in us as believers, Jesus, you said that when we put our trust and our faith in you, that you will cause that the, 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 the life we receive from you to well up in us. A spring of life flowing unto eternal life. You know, if, you, if you're here today and you're watching online or you're here in this building and you've never made a decision to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Because this is where it begins. This is what Paul said, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. And today, the opportunity for you is to come and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord, as your Savior. And, and, and by faith, accepting His life into your life. If that's you today in this room, then, then I would just ask you to pray this prayer with us. Those of you that are on, on, uh, online and, and you've never done this, make, make that step today. Make that step today that from now on I'm going to drink of the water that I will never thirst again. Let's all pray this together. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you. I want to thank you. For your son Jesus. Jesus. I believe. That you came. To die for me. Shed your blood for me. 
I receive you, Jesus. I receive your sacrifice. I believe that I am saved. I'm redeemed. I am holy. I am righteous today because you gave me life and eternal. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise God. Thank you guys so much for having us. And I want to encourage you, let, let, let that water start splashing on the people of, that you see this holiday season. Let them taste of the, of the living water that's in you. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you guys. Thank you so much again. You guys are just awesome. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.